Might be a short yeah. one. Might be a short one. Yeah. Well, we could always incorporate cheating into it too if we do. Is metagaming cheating? Yes. Thank you, everybody. Uh-huh. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> At least that one will be quick to edit. Is there one for in, impossible to work with? I feel like Troy would fit that one right there. <laughs> That's a whole separate graph. So That's that might be. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for your information, John. Yes. My numbers are expressive, seven, amiable, four, mm, wow. driver, five. But I say four because one of the questions is like, I, I don't do any of those. But I guess you don't you don't drive. You like to walk. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah. Well, like all the all the all the choices, like none of those really even come close to what I would do. But I guess I'll pick one. Right. And then analytical was six. So wait, I have no idea. Wait, what any wait, that wait, means. wait, 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 wait. Seven, six, four. And what? Seven, four, five, six. Seven, yes, four, I know. five, six. That's too many. Yes, I know. Because some of them I pick two. Because you know why? Because that's, that's my personality, works. bitch. <laughs> no wonder you got a seven and expressive. Tell a friend. <laughs> Tell a friend, son. You can just you could just give yourself an eighteen and expressive if you want to, Troy. That's fine. I like Troy's like Either this or this, this and this, this with a little of this. This one's not yep. applicable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be a hard ass and delete everything but your first answer for everything. No, that's my. This is my personality. You do not mess with my personality, Zach. <laughs> you don't keep your keep your hands off my damn personality, sir. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> that's uh that's uh that's what dragon lance is now welcome to welcome to the 21st century welcome to the new world yeah <laughs> buckle so, up and pucker your butthole just... <laughs> that is not a cold open sir it may it might be <laughs> it couldn't possibly be a cold open because it'll never see the light of podcasting day well that's just a really mean thing to say <laughs> and just for that where's Killawan when you need him hello and welcome to Geeks Cant the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery my name is Zach and the host joining me this evening is uh, the mayor of Fort Wayne the dapper DM Troy Sandlin Greetings from the frozen north. <laughs> and then uh, the Dwarven DM, uh, former co-DM of the year, John Christian. Lolly Ho from the sweaty armpit that is the south of, of <laughs> the United States of America. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I, I am hailing from the Garden of Eden, I, I have been told this week. So south, really? south half of Kansas is dead. 
like parched dead. They didn't get rain for over 80 days in a row. Right. Like this summer, like they are, they are bone dry and you get just South of Ottawa where I live and it is, we've got rain all summer. So Hmm. yeah, I, I would have preferred the dry parched ground that you don't have to mow, but uh, I'm stuck up here. Needing, uh, yeah. my, my yard is a desolate wasteland. It's like just dead turf. like it. That's right. Can we just bring in some gravel? Um, <clears throat> we got rain, but with rain, we got heat mm. and more rain. And then a lot of golf moisture that comes up. And it's just like, it's the taint of the world. It's just the worst. <laughs> it's just sweaty, nasty, gross all the time. <laughs> Yes, this is this is what our podcast has become, gentlemen. Uh, weather, uh, weather. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's official. I'm old Hor- now. I horrible, just talked about we- weather. Descriptions of weather, as a matter <laughs> that's <right>. of fact. <laughs> uh, so, hey, do either one of you have any news that you want to talk about? Bring it up I before do. we get into our topic. I have news. Yes, tell us, Troy. Uh, for those of you that uh, may or may not be excited about uh, the upcoming Dragonlance releases from wizards of the coast mm. uh they during their uh, wizards presents they revealed they're going to do a bundle package mm-hmm. for pre-order where you could get a foil cover book and the uh board game the mm-hmm. the miniatures war game yeah well the cover that they used in their sales pitch was the ex- the store exclusive cover of Lord Soth's helmet. So a bunch of people jumped on and ordered it because, you know, great best of both worlds. They want the Lord Soth cover and they want the board game. Cool. Uh, then come to find out as you read further in, that is not the cover that you were going to get. Mm-hmm. So quite a few people went to the wizard's site to get a refund and mm-hmm. there was no button for it. They contacted customer service and they were told in a form letter that they were not going to do refunds. Yep. Uh, now that sucks and is bad form, but in the grand scheme of things, most of y'all that went ahead and bought that bundle, you're upset, but you're going to go ahead and pay, spend an extra 50 bucks to get the cover you want anyway. You sure are. And, and have it all. Well, I have good news. Wizards has decided that they will honor refunds if you wish. So mm. they are they are implementing a refund button or other some such where you can uh, contact them if you uh, pre-ordered the bundle. And get your refund so that you can then hopefully score you a soft helmet cover at your friendly local game store. They almost got me. They almost got me. I was talking to our buddy Thomas about that. And he was like, which ones do you want? I'm like, I want it all. And it's like, I got to have the deluxe version, of course. The deluxe is deluxe, right? It's got all the, it's got everything that I wanted. It. And I read down, I got to the bottom, I'm like, oh, it doesn't have the alt cover? That's all right. I'm cool. Well, it does have an alt cover. Right, it has just an, not, it's not the one, it's not the the sweet alt cover that right. I want though. Yeah, the mm. best alt cover. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be what, super isn't that poor. gonna be so 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 wait, hang on a minute. So there's three covers for the there's, Dragon yes, Master? There's, three there's covers. the foil cover that comes with the deluxe edition, and the deluxe edition has the oh, game. Got it. The, I understand. I understand. Book, but mind. it also comes with the game master screen that yeah. I don't think I think it's exclusive to the exclusive, deluxe edition. Exclusive to the exclusive to the bundle. So the one yeah. thing that I won't get is that GM screen because Dude, I had to draw the line the somewhere. No, you got to get the deluxe. No, uh, I was just gonna—I was gonna point out that Ultra Pro announced a whole bunch of Dragonlance uh, accessories. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, really? they—they're the ones that do like the play mats and the folios yeah. and all sorts of things. There's this gorgeous uh, uh, Dragonlance play mat that is getting kicked out. That's so, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, that's great, Troy. That—that's that's good of them. That's nice. I've got um, a brief news item that dovetails nicely with that yeah fire away talked a little bit about this before it's the uh the icons of the realms Dragonlance figures that are coming out they got some pretty mm-hmm. cool ones that are out there some that i'm kind of scratching my head on but a lot of these are, are really good they've got a a uh, couple of different salamnic knights that are included in it they've got like a neat looking treant looking creature um some skull masked red robe person it's actually a pretty awesome looking Mini, I'm, I'm kind of digging oh. it. That's uh, one of they, the uh, uh, Red Wizards. The Red Wizards of Thay. Whenever they're yeah. invading yeah. Kryn, yeah. stop trolling me, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work here. <laughs> <laughs> got a dwarf. They got an ogre. Strangely enough, they got like a red slod in this thing. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But that's from the. Uh, that's from the far realms. Here we go. Yep. Yep. Just keep it up, man. But the, I think the one that I really do you think. Dig. That, okay, so hang on a minute. Let's let's okay. sit on a slot for a minute. All right. Sure. Hang on. Yep. Where does mm-hmm. the slot come from if not the far realms? I'm not, the underdark. Do you, do you really want? Do you really want? This is the direction that the the entire show can go. If you just want to, John to go on like Dragonlance <laughs> word vomit. I'm, I'm sure it. I'm sure the slots are coming up from the from the the, the Krenish underdark. The underdark with the drow. With the, with the drow, and the mind flayers. Nope. And the orcs. Nope. That's where nope. they're all from. Nope. All yeah. All evil that's, things come from. That's the where. Deep. That's where all the. That's where all the good stuff in Dragonlance is in the forgotten, uh, underdark realms. Yeah, right there on the coast. Right mm. on the coast. Yeah. Just feed feed me your hatred. Yeah. It sustains okay. me. No. Well. Uh, so so I, I genuinely want to know. I like like this is not necessarily a troll. Okay, but not necessarily. necessarily. It is and is not at the same time. I don't need a five-minute pitch, but I need like I I am genuinely intrigued by. There is going to be a slot in Dragonlance. Mm -hmm. How? I don't know how. Well, I mean, okay. So the the short version is originally uh, Kryn was supposed to be this really protected, right? part of the multiverse where things yeah. can't get in and can't get out right. once they're out they're out and there's like the the river of souls where it's almost like a reincarnation kind of thing yeah. where Kryn kind of acts as like this way station between other multiverses and stuff like that so i'm not really sure how it would work the only thing i could imagine is maybe if they were like a part of the abyss somehow because the krenish abyss is not the same as the forgotten realms abyss it's not like it's not hell it is hell but it doesn't it's not the same it's not the same kind of hell. It's like this formless void where the dark queen resides. And they're like, I think there are devils or demons. Mm. I can't remember which one it is. There's like other bad otherworldly stuff that's mm. there. So I know the devils and demons are in Kryn. I'm just not trying to figure out how the, how the far realms tied to it. Cause it shouldn't technically be 
tied to it based on the previous cosmology. But one D and D, so one cosmology. Maybe the maybe the Dalakar um, are are you know pushing through the barrier between the planes hmm. um, from Eberron, and maybe. they open up a rift that allows people from I don't know. I'm, now I am trolling again. All right, now my let's eyes move on. Twitching <laughs> so much right now. Uh, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying hard. Um, <clears throat> so I can I can take us over to Fandom, who has just sold their Cortex system. They are getting out of TTRPGs entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, Fandom has kicked out uh, Cortex to Dire Wolf Digital, um, which is the company who does the Clank uh, games. Clank tabletop games, uh, and then they do a bunch of digital adaptations of games that you're probably familiar with, like um, Everdell, Sagrada, Root, um, things like that, uh, and Pokemon. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's the I think it's technically like the Pokemon CCG port, virtual mm-hmm. port or whatever, right? Like, but whatever. Um, and the Doom in uh, Doom. Dune Imperium board game. Um, so just this kind of, I don't know, it's a its a company that's very heavy in the digital space is now snacking up um, Cortex, which I think is a good match for them. If they're looking to take on tabletop RPGs now, Cortex seems to be a system that's already leaning towards digital. Um, could be a good, good marriage. That's interesting because... Uh... Wasn't one of the IPs that Cortex had was uh, Masters of the Universe? Uh, they had that, I think, and they had that Dragon Prince the show. Dragon, Dragon Prince, yeah. And they had, um, do they have My Little Pony? Am I right in saying that? Mm-mm, no, that's, that. that's Renegade. Okay. Ignore me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Hasbro, but yeah, Renegade. Well, Hasbro, Hasbro, but yeah, Renegade's the one that's produced. Yeah, it's the RPG, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, that I mean, we'll see what comes of it, but they've got to produce that um, uh, uh, that Dragon Prince RPG now that, that Phantom had committed to. So, hmm. yeah. awesome. All right. Any other news before we get on to our main topic for the day? That's it. Yeah, okay. I'm thirsty. Well, let's refill our drinks and let's come back and talk about metagaming. We're back. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, it's like the magic of TV. That's and right. We're back. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, tonight, uh, uh, John, you you said you you kind of pitched this out as an, a, to- a last minute topic for us. Mm-hmm. You saw this come up in a Discord forum, yes, specifically metagaming as it relates to cheating, right? The well, idea kind of. of cheating and roping and metagaming into that conversation. Yeah, I think what 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 spurred this was just cheating came up. Like, what do you do whenever a, a player cheats at your table? Was a question that came up on the Baldman uh, in the Baldman Mentor space. Mm-hmm. There was some really great feedback from GM Tim and Troy and uh, our, our buddy uh, Mitch and things like that. And I think and Matt actually uh, jumped in there too. Um, 
but I think it also stirred up some stuff from Troy asking specifically about one of the things, other things that I said was metagaming. And I lumped the two of them together and Troy asked, well, wait a minute, is metagaming cheating? I think that's kind of like the, the nexus or the genesis for this. So can I, I, can I take that and turn it into a scenario? Of course. Turn guys. Mm-hmm. So if you are running, let's put you in the player seat. Yes. All right. You're in the player seat. Um, you are in the middle of a dungeon, creeping around a corner, and you roll high on your dexterity stealth check. You peek around the corner, and you see this woman with snakes for hair, and there's marble or stone statues of various humans in odd poses uh, in this courtyard that she's in the midst of. What do you do? I do you go hold uh, my eyeballs open because I would never, certainly never close my eyes or avert my gaze whenever I saw such a thing ever. I think well, the, qu- the question I would do, I, what I would actually do as a, as a player is I would say, would my character know what this thing is? It's probably what I would say. First thing I would do, because as a player, I know that I need to know something, but what I'm going to try to try my best not to do is meta a solution or a reaction like a character reaction based on what I as the player know that they, the character may not know. I had something similar to this happen though. Before I was actually a player in, a, in my buddy Brian's game many, many moons ago. And mm. we all knew that we were dealing with a lycanthrope. We were convinced it was a werewolf. Mm-hmm. We, we knew it was, and we were right. It was what ended up happening because we were so concerned about metagaming and seeming feeling like we were cheating him as the DM or the story or whatever is like, okay, well this thing, it shape changes. Right. So what do, what do we do about that? I don't know what that is. We should, we should do some research about it. We'll, we'll go to the nearest town and we'll start, we'll read up on things that change their forms and we'll read like old books of lore and things like that. What ended up happening is we spent almost the entire session trying to figure out what it was, which I mean, in all honesty, we knew what it was, but we had to figure out what it was. And it was laborious having to kind of like have to, having to get over the hump of figuring like, well, mm. we got to go through the ropes of figuring it out. And it was, it ended up like what Brian did was actually pretty ingenious with it is that what he said was, well, this village doesn't have any books or like there's no library in this small quaint village but there is a manor house where the lord of the manor he's like the he owns and operates the village and a lot of the serfs and things like that you can go and you can uh you can see if he has a personal library that you can you can read through you've heard some things about him you've heard that he's uh mm-hmm. in a kind of a treasure hunter and he's been to very on various adventures yada 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 well it turns out we went in there and his library had like everything that we needed and we're reading up on it we still spent half of the adventure we're sitting there going god this is so boring you know it's just it's just it's just awful and then what ends up happening though is the guy that we visited was the lycanthrope the entire time and his butler <laughs> was also a lycanthrope but how he threw me off in particular was the guy was a dwarf so I'm thinking He's got to be a good guy. Oh man, we could totally trust this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we could totally, totally trust this guy. He's like, and like, look at him. I mean, like, just like shave his beard off if he's lying. He's he's uh, looking at me. So he's so he's so awesome. And yeah. so he he's got loves... a long beard. That means he mean he's never told a lie. Right? No, exactly. Right. You only, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. knows that your whiskers fall out if you lie, right? Mm-hmm. And so he 
used that. He didn't like he had no idea that we were going to do that. So a lot of this was like improv for him. He just kind of like come up with off the off the cuff. It was pretty friggin' ingenious though because we're like at the end of it. Whenever he he does the the twist, it actually got us. We're like, oh my god, it was him all along. This is awful. And we thought like it was one of the he had. Uh, we thought it was one of the adventures. It turns out he had been like he was a hunter. And he hunted wild game, like strange and exotic game. And he'd gone to Chult and he'd gotten uh, bitten by a were tiger. Mm. And so he was a were tiger. Oh, man. Mm. So anyway, long mm. story, but it can work out. But I feel like at least the metagaming part of that, or like trying not to metagame is like a, a labor that you have to do in order to get over it, you know, yeah. or otherwise you just out yeah, of hell with it. Well, it is it, what it is. to me, it depends. Like if you're talking like Forgotten Realms, ish type settings where for the most part everybody is literate they can read they can write and all this stuff they've been to schools of some sort and you know there's adventures aplenty roaming around everywhere going into taverns and in towns telling stories and all this stuff you're bound to know something about something so kind of like you know, uh, you using the the Medusa idea. If you're if if that happens, you're watching Clash of the Titans, and 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 those guys walk into that area and they see all the the statues and stuff. Haven't any of you idiots heard any of the stories? You're just gonna walk in there and go, oh, someone's carving statues. Oh, this is so cool. You know this story. People, that, they don't have TV. They just tell these things all the time. You know this shit. Cover your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Troy is so you're so passionately frustrated with these players already. I am. How dare you? How it's dare like, you? Jeez. But but no, it's like because sometimes outside player knowledge isn't really outside player knowledge. It's it's the representation of what the the characters would actually know mm. because regardless of how good of a of a D&D player you are regardless of how long you've been playing those characters that you're playing are way smarter and way better at adventuring than you could ever be mm-hmm. so there are times that you know yes metagaming can be cheating but I think a lot of it is is more like, well, kind of hand wave it a little bit because, yeah, the thing has snake hair and and this and that. So, oh, it's well, it's got to be a Medusa. Cover your eyes. But then, as a DM, if if you want to surprise players, give her a hat <laughs> or make it. Not a Medusa, something else that has snakes for hair. You know, something you trick them. Well, let, so let, let's turn it. Let's t- dial that lever up. So maybe a Medusa is something that we you we feel like is reasonable to have some knowledge about in game, uh, to the extent that you can, you know, know that it, maybe you don't know that a mirror, you know, is a useful tool. Yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but maybe you know that her gaze turns people to stone, right? Um, let's take it one step further down the monster trail. I would argue that um, 
a beholder is rarer than a Medusa. And also, when you think of a beholder as a visual carrot creature, you you know, all the eyes, the eye stalks, um, it's hovering, it's got the big mouth, and it shoots lasers, or the equivalent in D&D terms, from its eyes, right? What about the anti-magic field? If if mm. you're if your wizard is if you you walk into a room and there's a beholder there and you are the wizard, Troy or John, right? You know as a player that it would be no bueno to to step into that magic field with your wand and your magic robes and your magic uh, unsuspicious hat. Yes, um, suspicious uh, hat. the hat of unsuspiciousness. What? Where do you where do you Medusa sit on that? Hat. Like, is that? Um, you know, is that a level of meta that you feel like is a bridge too far and it's outside the realm of reason for a most fourth level adventurers to know what a what a beholder can do? Uh, probably. But again, it, it depends on the setting. If, if you're if you're talking Forgotten Realms, I kind of, you know, you could you could make the argument that, well, everything has been talked about, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of sucky but that's where that's where the fun part of being uh, a sadistic and creative dm comes in where you just change stuff up well see for that uh, that's the angle there are a couple of different angles you can take with it right there is the i'm not really i'm not a dm that likes to trick my players with stuff like that, I, that i'm not saying that it is a trick but I, but to me i'm willing for the the wizard if the wizard decided to, to hedge and didn't want to get any closer. I think it's okay at the very beginning to say, as soon as you enter the room, you know that there's something immediately wrong, and it's not just the orb that's or this eye stalk orby creature that you're facing off against. You feel that there's like a a dead zone of magic. You can kind of you can feel it, right? The threads mm-hmm. of magic that you bind yourself to or that you weaved in order to cast your spells. There's something. There's an unraveling here, right? To where mm-hmm. at least give them some a breadcrumb trail about what it is without saying it explicitly so that their character could maneuver a bit, you know, yeah. to make it more believable because that's the thing. It's like the DM, we know we should know everything about what's going on, but it's okay for us to but let them in, let the player in on some of that too, because there are other things outside of what they're seeing that are going yeah. on in there too. And it's not just yeah. the five senses that we have. Some of them are going to be, extraordinary mm. senses that certain classes. Would I like have. that a lot. Actually. I like that a lot as a statement. Um, I, I, I'm immediately like, all right, well let's set it outside the forgotten realms. John, if you're running for a group of characters in Dragonlands and you mm. have to run a red slot for them, your party knows what a red slot can do, but mm-hmm. no character in Dragonlands that you're aware of should know what a red slot could do. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is an, this is a, this is a situation where, I, I would argue, at least in the Dragonlands that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. red slods are unheard of. Yep. You would not know what it is. Yep. But the players, a lot of people, you know, with any with with any longstanding D and D experience, will know. Don't get close. And if you do get close, you're in for you need to you need to be cleaning out your wounds uh, for infection, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, what would you do? If you were the DM now, if I were the DM, so I actually kind of like I, I'm a of the the school of thought that Troy is under, where the one trick that I will do 
is when it comes to metagaming where what you think it's going to do is not necessarily the thing it's going to do, right? Like I'll, I'll turn the slot on its head a bit. And some of it will be the same, but it'll only be the stuff that really doesn't matter in the long run. Hit points, AC, kind of like the, the difficulty, mm-hmm. a couple of things here and there that they're pretty familiar with, but then there's going to be some other stuff in there that they don't know that I may snag from another monster and kind of like bolt on, or maybe something that I do. I'll make some changes to it just so that it doesn't, uh, especially if it really like I kind of have to know the players though, right? Like if I if I know my players are or have a tendency to do that where they'll metagame a bit, I'll do that more. But if I have players that are kind of like quote unquote honor code players, where they'll ask things like, "Would I know this?" or "What would I know about that?" Do I sense anything before we kind of get started? Kind of stuff. Then I may go lean more into the traditional slot. Uh, tactics and abilities and stuff like that. Well, uh, that's like that to me is like it's it's on the blocks uh, at the very beginning of combat, really, and it, uh, for new newer players that I'm not really familiar with. But uh, and it's inter- things are interchangeable in order to make sure that it's interesting and that the players don't even inadvertently because I think there's a certain level of discomfort that some players will have. We're like, oh, what am I supposed to do here? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to cheat. And they and so as a result, they kind of like they veer in a direction that their character actually probably wouldn't veer in because they're trying to divert themselves from being they're, seen as cheating or metagaming. They're overcorrecting. Yeah. So, yeah. See, that's, and there's a, to me, there's a difference between uh, a red slot and a beholder. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for the most part, a red slot is a big bag of hit points that just beats the crap out of you. It has some extra stuff. Whereas a beholder, that anti-magic cone is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having you know some of the comments in the chat where I have them roll to see if they know that kind of stuff or whatever. So if if they don't roll high enough to where they know that it has an anti magic cone, do you then expect the player to walk his character into the middle of the anti magic cone and try to cast spells? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? You know this is. Because that's that's the problem with, I mean, it's not the problem with the game, but you know, this is a game, and we're all here to have fun. I'm not expecting a player to just forfeit what they can do by walking mm-hmm. into the middle of this anti magic field and, and getting themselves hosed. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, you're expecting so, them to ignore the elephant in the room, right? And and but, and that's not that's not fair to them. And that's why I don't see changing and tweaking as as cheating on the DM's part. No, it's like, no, 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 no. Okay, so you've heard that there's beholders and they have an anti-magic cone. Well, beholders are also twisted aberrations and who knows if they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe this anti-magic cone, maybe the cone on this one, the big eye on this one, isn't an anti- anti-magic cone. Maybe it's a, a cone of wild magic. Or mm. maybe it's a cone of anti-gravity, or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to keep the, it different and fresh, you kind of do do some things like that. I, I think one of the things when I think about metagaming, you know, this is, I think I think about how it works in video games as well, right? Um, and I think that there's obviously the idea of, and, and there may be as two, there's two paths here that we haven't covered that kind of become maybe more evident when we're look at video games. The first is that, you know, <clears throat> when you are running through something, you'll encounter a red slot 
and you'll encounter it once or twice and you'll learn about it. Mm-hmm. But then as the game progresses, that red slot becomes a death slot or whatever, right? Like it changes. There is, there is added variety yeah. to them to mm-hmm. shake things up. If you go back through and play it again, there is an expectation that it's going to be easier, right? Um, the the video game can't shake things up as easy as a dungeon master can, but oh, yeah. the expectation is right that as a player, it's going to be easier after as as you've gone through it some more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and so, what happens when you when when you beat it once or when you beat it yada yada? Most of the time, the game says the game encourages you right to increase the difficulty, mm-hmm. right? And so, yes, you fought a slod before, but have you fought a slod that instead of having 93 hit points has 193 hit points, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, its claws, instead of being five foot, have what it should have, I think, with those super long arms and has a 10 foot reach, right? Like simple things like you're talking about, right? So maybe with experienced players comes hard mode to some extent with the monsters. Um, mm-hmm. Because that you're expecting them to have ran through this sometimes before. Um, the other thing, though, that I was um, thinking about, though, is the other side of meta is not just the player who has picked up knowledge from experience, right? We fought a Beholder before. We fought a Medusa before. We fought a Slod before. So we know kind of what to expect. But what about that player who you're running, uh, you know, Tomb of Annihilation, and they go pick up a second copy and read through. Yeah. That's not metagaming. That's, that's cheating. That's cheating. <laughs> yes. We have found, we have found the line, <laughs> a very distinct <laughs> line, right? Well, I mean, because that's not, that's not just using previously acquired player knowledge. Yes. You know, because like you said, well, I played a couple campaigns ago. I fought a beholder. I fought a couple of slides. Yeah. I know what's going on. Okay, cool. Or I've DM some stuff. I, or a vampire. And, yeah, everybody knows how a beholder works. Everybody knows yeah. how you know, a red dragon yeah. shoots, you know, fire and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But if you know, hey, don't step to that side of the room. I bet there's a trap. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you say that? You didn't even roll for it. Well, I just think there is. And I actually had a player. How about one? I got one more for you. It's not just if they read the adventure. What if they played the adventure already at a convention or the day before, play the exact same one the next day, and they tell everyone at the table, whispering, whenever they think the DM's not paying any attention, hey, do this thing over here. Why? The player, the other player next to them asks. They go, because I played it yesterday, and I know what's going to happen. Well, luckily in my instance, when that happened to me at Gen Con this last time, the players at the table were like, that's not cool. I don't want to hear that. To the other player and the other players shamed the player for me and i was like i wanted to stand up and slow clap the rest of my <laughs> players afterward i kind of like they some of them not all of them stayed behind a little bit it's like hey i just want to let you know i really appreciate you doing that for me because that was super not cool uh, yeah. and i think that the guy was like trying to be coy or subtle about it and was or maybe not. I'm not really sure exactly what it was, but it was like mm. super obvious to me. I'm like hearing it, it just out of the side of my ear, you know, kind of thing. So I've got a personal umbrage with people doing that, pulling that kind okay. of stuff. So take a little sidestep from the whole cheating metagaming thing. Mm-hmm. 
the the rest of the players didn't do anything. They mm-hmm. listened to what the, the the player had to say, and maybe some of them acted on it. Maybe some of them was kind of like, uh, n- no. But now, now that puts them in the same seat is that wizard with the cone of anti-magic. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know not to go over there because he told me because he played yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go over there because I know it's going to be bad. Right. Do I, do I sack? So as a DM, what is the appropriate response to that type of play at your table? That type of play as in someone knowingly cheating or the other having, players having inadvertently so, being pulled in. Having having somebody sit down and say, I've played this before, I know what's going to happen, and I'm not going to play dumb. I'm going mm-hmm. to do what I need to do to win this adventure and, and pull everybody in there with me. What do you <clears> do? Zach, I'll let you go first this time. Well... So, so initially, I, yeah, my hackles got raised um, a little bit. Um, that said, I think that like there's just enough of the the vintage dungeon master in me that I think I would just see it as a challenge, right? Because mm-hmm. a, I'm probably not going to call them out because I'm going to make up half of this adventure anyways. Um, so you may think you know what's coming, but Mm-hmm. You don't realize I don't, I, you know, I don't even have the the adventure in front of me anymore, right? We're gonna, we're gonna figure this out as we go along, right? Um, so I think that like probably initially my, you know, the my hackles would get raised, and then within a minute I would be like, no, they don't, they don't understand that this thing changes every time, mm-hmm. and really the 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 words would have to be said if they decided to start guiding me through the adventure right i think that's where i would draw the line is a little bit further down i just thought i just change a whole bunch of stuff but if they wanted to keep on course correcting no actually isn't there an npc that's supposed to do this isn't there Mm -hmm. supposed to be three of these monsters instead of four or whatever like that's when i would probably have words about you know dm empowerment yeah i'm with you on that that's actually as soon as it happened that as soon as he said that that was my initial like, oh, okay, well, that, there goes that. Now, luckily, the, the adventures that we ran were open enough to where, and obviously, we were given enough flexibility to where they didn't have to be run exactly the same every single time. That's a blessing, right? There was enough I DM empowerment about the wazoo there to where I could just re-engineer the whole thing. And that's fine. It was like, that was, to your point, then it becomes a challenge. It's like, hmm gauntlet thrown all right very well then <laughs> let's see how this goes for you and then there's also kind of like a i have to, one of the things i have to stop myself this is a personal thing and i'll encourage other gms not to do is to take it personally and then make that person an example i you're gonna want to <laughs> boy a oh man like i just wanted to like i've all the dice are on my side behind my screen like Oh, look, max damage. Oh, rocks fall and you die. Oh, a dragon shows up and eats you and you roast in its belly for the rest of eternity. I mean, you could do that kind of crap if you wanted to. But at that point, the I think the other players would become uncomfortable because now there's this adversarial relationship at the table and it's kind of like mom and dad are fighting kind of stuff. Like, you don't they don't need that. So I would encourage avoiding that as a, a route 
and and be the be the bigger person about it. Troy's not convinced. <laughs> Troy's like, nope, give him hell. <laughs> yeah, Let pretty much, pretty much. Because um, you know, like uh, Bear Droid asks, why would you why would you play the same module twice? This happens a lot in Adventures League. Um, people mm-hmm. will run their char- different characters through the same adventures that they've already played because. Mm-hmm. They want to play through that storyline. They want to get whatever loot was in there, you know, whatever. Um, they maybe what, just enjoyed the storyline. Sure, yeah. I've definitely ran yeah. across people who are like, I love the Eberron story, so I'm playing through it again with a new character. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of times when people do that, they they will definitely do the, I'm taking a back seat. Yep. I'm going to play a different kind of character that has no input, you know, whatever that may mm-hmm. be. And, and that's great. Um, we do that as GMs. When we sit in oh, on other yeah. tables and we need to fill out tables for Baldman or something like that. How many how many times have I played in a game that I was running that I'd already read and I knew it backwards and forwards? Yep. But I never used anything that I knew to my advantage. I just uh, kind of went into almost like I a do, bot with a personality. You know what I mean? use it to my advantage. My advantage being I try to... Help I don't... DM. I don't... Yeah, I, I try to help the, mm-hmm. help the DM. And I also... Yep try to, as I'm thinking about what everybody else is doing, I'm going to do things to try to set them up to mm. do cool stuff. Yeah. I like that too. That's that, cool. you know, cause that way it's, it's, it's definitely all their story and I'm just here to, you know, do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if you want to take that, take my example to the extreme where you know you, you have an adventure you've you've ran it several times you know what's up someone comes down and now they want to oh i know how everything's going to happen follow my lead you can and you can definitely switch things up on the fly not a problem mm-hmm. what happens if you get handed a, a a cold adventure and we need you to run this and I do the same thing that I do with most cold adventures, which is fly by the seat of my pants and <laughs> go off the rails anyway. <laughs> like, well, That's this fair. is going to be pretty close, but it's not going to be, the, it's not going to be fair. right out of the book. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. My, I don't know. It, it depends on, it depends on how open somebody is with their mm. disregard for everybody else's enjoyment of the game. Yeah. If they're going to be blatant about it, it's like, I also if, think like, yeah, if, if, if I don't know if I want to go through the, the the rigmarole of trying to put them through their through their paces, or if I just want to say, "Hey, look, you know these people haven't played this before. You have, obviously, you've said so. You're using that knowledge to do whatever. I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to make a choice: either mm-hmm. chill out, stay at the table, try to have fun with the rest of us, or leave." Because yeah. I'm not going to have you ruin the adventure for everybody else. Yeah. Make your choice. Make it now. Stay. Go. But if you do it again, I'm crushing your character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would encourage. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn the camera towards towards the players. Right. I'm gonna address the crowd. Um, no. Um, I would encourage players who come in who walk into that room filled with statues with the woman with the snake hair or walk into the room with the tentacle eyed monster and you're the wizard, right? Like one of my favorite things to do in that, those situations is to, I know that there's a meta, I have meta knowledge, right? I can't get away from that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is if I'm with the Medusa, 
Mirrors scratched off the list. How am I going to kill this Medusa without using mirrors? Um, there's typically an answer or two answers for how to succeed in the traditional way with a monster, right? Like, especially some of the classic ones. So how can, if you, my favorite thing to do is strike those options, those top tier options off the list mm -hmm. and see what else you're faced with. Because, you know, maybe, maybe you start thinking about like, okay, well, I know that mirrors uh, are useful, but I don't have any mirrors um, or I don't want to use my mirror. Um, I know that she turns things to stone, but I don't want to just like avert my eyes from the very beginning. But what if I could bam in there bamf right behind her right like teleport or whatever stick her with something and then bamf out or whatever right like can i do something can i do something weird can i you know can we climb up on top of the statues and and like sneak like rain fire from above and uh whatever i don't know like that's that can be really fun and you're imposing new rules right that kind of in my mind at least that help counter your meta knowledge by making it more difficult than it has mm -hmm. to be right well i think you can even to that end the G, the gm can help out with a little bit of that too like, yeah i like the idea of um let's use a vampire for example stake to the heart holy water holy symbol that kind of stuff right yeah. but what if you really sunlight. look into like yeah. what's that sunlight sunlight yeah, yeah. If, yeah that, like the, those are the obvious ones right let's take right. those out though when you're exactly. doing this and whenever they face off against the vampire, none of the usual stuff from the hammer films works. It's weird stuff that happens. Like, and I kid you not in Irish folklore, vampires are referred to as Buvan she. What you do is you take their socks, fill them with grave dirt and throw them into the river to kill them. That'd do it for or, me. Or you put a drive a, a drive a nail through both of their eye sockets and post mm. them to a tree, cut their head off. That like there's like yeah. it's the like other weird things you have to yeah. do that are like more like almost ritualistic <laughs> yeah. in nature. With, yeah. Uh, or or Andrew says just beat it with a big stick. That, that, big that's stick. that's really where I would like like I love that from a DM side of things as long as it's really clever and also discoverable. Right. Right. Because like, yes. it is it should still be a puzzle that has an answer. But I, I love when like the players are like, we don't have any silver weapons, but we mm -hmm. feel like it's important that we fight these werewolves right now. Yep. So how are we gonna do this? Right? Yep. Like that's that's a cool scene. And it's using mm -hmm. meta knowledge that they know they need silver weapons and they know they could win that way. Mm -hmm. But they but they're choosing to not utilize that and they're saying, Well, if we took them to a cliff and we knocked them off a very high cliff, and then we rolled a boulder on top of them, and then we filled the ravine with water. Like, whatever it has to be mm -hmm. to, like, lock this well, werewolf down, right? You could even go, like, I, I, had, I can't remember, there was another, maybe it was Weird West or something like that, but there's, like, certain kind of creatures, bad guys, villains, monsters, or whatever, you had to know about them. Killing yeah. them yeah. was knowing them. Like, they, they, originally, they drown in a carriage accident. You have to drown them. That's how you kill them. So you can set them on fire. You can disintegrate mm. them. You can laser beam them, whatever. But you have to actually drown them in order to kill them. That kind of stuff. Mm. I really like that because that gives That's that cool. gives the monster more personality, the creature mm -hmm. more personality by doing things like that. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I, what I like to do is like 
going back to the Medusa thing, because if you if you mm-hmm. have an adventure and in, in it you have the the courtyard of statues set up and and all this stuff, and it's like you have all those same tells that everybody else has used time and time again. Mm-hmm. Right. It's no longer a Medusa. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's another. It's a basilisk. Basilisk, yeah. I was no, say. it's. I mean, nothing. It's 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 actually somebody that likes to sculpt. It's the somebody, statues are actually stone golems, and they're or, or the so, real threat, or something or, like or that. Oils, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, completely twisted on its head. That way, the 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 figure that they see up ahead with the hood, you know, that they just start filling full of arrows because they know it's a Medusa, turns out to be some. You know, is an innocent victim from the the village mm-hmm. below that was there to 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 bring her offering or it's something. Bob the Woodsman coming to bring you snacks. Yeah, and then and, and then you turn the him stone, into a pincushion, and then the stone golems <laughs> activate and and beat you senseless as you're standing in the middle of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, something yes. like that because you know use use the meta knowledge to your advantage if you can. Yeah. Hmm. You know that the 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 players are going to think this way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what can you do? Use all the trappings that are there, but how do you flip it on its head so that they don't know what's coming? Mm-hmm. That that's the that's the fun tricks. I fun, fun GM tricks, right? Yeah. Where it's like you use their the meta knowledge in order to yeah. help you like to help you with the twist. I think there's also something to be said for, and I, I, I'm gonna commend a few people in chat because I think I've had them at my tables, and I think that they do a good job with this too. There are times when you want it to be a Medusa and you want that mm-hmm. courtyard of statues because it's important to you that this has a very classic adventure, Grecian feel or whatever, you know, however you imagine it, right? Like sometimes you want a red dragon to breathe fire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I think in that case, really, it's about at least in my mind, it's about everybody being on board that the experience here is not about winning the adventure. The experience is about experiencing the adventure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's the best of all worlds. When, even if you got an experienced crew, you're in it for the moment and not for the outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, because I, I don't know, like I, I agree with 100% of everything we've talked about, but I don't want, I don't want the dungeon master that listens to walk away and say, okay, so if I have a guy who's been playing for 20 years, my answer is I need to change everything in the monster manual, right? Yeah. yeah. No. You probably don't have to, you probably just need to like help get everybody to buy into the spirit of the game, to the spirit mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah. And then my opinion is that when everybody's bought in, it's very easy to get agreement on what should happen because you're all imagining this story in your head playing out. Right. And what happens if you, if you think about it now, obviously in the forgotten realms is one thing, but if you're, if you're in a Grecian story and you see a Medusa, like you probably don't know that it's a Medusa. That's why there's mm-hmm. a courtyard full of statues is because there's a, there's a thousand people that don't didn't know that there was a Medusa. Well, right? Somebody does because there's stories out there. Why else would was right. Perseus? Well, that's the kind yeah. of like, people have been missing. Surely someone has seen this graveyard of statue, you know, it's people all, of statues, right? And they know yeah. that they belong. They were people at one point. Right? The only guy in the in in all of Greece that knows is that grizzled warrior that tells you 
oh yeah, the Medusa turns people to yeah. stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why did you, you tell know, anybody like, else? It's just it would be fun. Like I could get really excited about taking the part, taking the role of a character who is in this band of heroes who's going to go slay the witch that mm-hmm. is actually a Medusa. Mm-hmm. And I don't quote unquote know what it is. I could I can imagine what that character would do in that situation, right? And it probably means that one of us is going to get turned to stone, right? But that feels right for the story. And maybe we get lucky and we don't, but like we're going to, you know, what what does the story demand in this moment? If you can get your players to buy into that, um, the meta thing kind of just goes to the wayside. Yeah. True. I, I can appreciate that as a, from a weird perspective, I think as a, as a person that loves movies, I love movies and I've watched so many movies and I've watched enough stuff about how movies are made and the writing process and stuff like that, that I understand the framework of the three act story and how, mm-hmm. what the setup is and when the, well, okay. I know at this point in the movie, this is when things are going to go bad. And then this, here's the uptick where they're the good guys are going to win. And you know, you can kind of follow, can follow the breadcrumb trail quite often to figure out like what the, what's going to end up happening happening. But at the same time, even though that's the case and I know what's going to happen next, I'm still a hundred percent in and I'm excited and I love the movie that mm-hmm. doesn't just. And so really kind of just to punctuate Zach, which Zach said is give the players an opportunity to still enjoy the tropes. Right, like, oh, cool. Yeah. We get to play a, we get to play a Medusa, and we're going to play up to the fact that we don't know it. And yeah, maybe one of us gets partially stoned, or could they completely petrified, or whatever. But that's part of the fun for them too. I like that. Yeah. And Bear droids. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. His his, his comment, because quite honestly, I forgot that the you know until you until somebody said something, you know, I didn't even think about the anti magic cone. for the beholder. <laughs> but yeah, Oops. and 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 you're right, and you're right, and and. It, Really, the metagame stuff for, for monsters only comes into play when it's something like a Beholder. Because they have that unique... Anti- like, like when you're, you're talking about that red slot again. It's a, like I, I think said, it's, it's, it's a big it's a bag of hit tricky. points that, that, that you beat on. What, what's there to metagame other than knowing you might get... Mm-hmm. A tadpole. A tadpole. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that is kind of... It a, is what it but, is. But like, like, uh, you know, I, and I think you're probably right, but like, I think that not for everybody. Um, but like, I, I will remember if you throw a banshee at me, I will remember that the whale is super terrifying and will mm-hmm. kill you. Right. So like, that's meta knowledge that I got to carry around with me that that that's a brutal attack that that sucker has. Right. Um, does is that normal for every player to have like a you know su- know what the big thing of every monster in the monster manual is? I don't know that mm-hmm. I could say every monster, but I bet I know eighty percent of the monsters in the monster manual what their big ability does, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if that's reasonable or not. So you're probably right, Bear Droid, in that we may be coming at it not not that there aren't. Ex- there are plenty of players out there who have that abundance of meta knowledge and have trouble knowing how to use it or not use it. But you're probably right in that. It's not something that you shouldn't, a new DM should not go to his first table, his or her first table and expect to have six meta gamers sitting down. Yeah. No, no, ready no, to no. Play. not at yeah. all. Cause most, most time it, it's not even 
like like we said, the the meta game is oh, it's a goblin. They're not that hard to kill. That's mm-hmm. meta. That's meta gaming. That right there is meta game. Mm-hmm. But who cares? You know, it mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't affect anything because yeah, it's a goblin. You know, it's not that hard to kill unless it's one of my goblins, and then. Yeah. And then, yeah, could, the bone you, goblins are rough. Yeah, then you could run into something that's not uh, not so. Or you get ankle biters. Three, yeah, yeah ankle one. biters. Uh, I love this discussion. I think we did a good job talking about meta gaming. Yeah, speaking of like the whole meta gaming and the tropes and everything, this is why I love Eberron so much. Oh yeah, because all the tropes that you know are still there but are so twisted around because you can go and talk to a Medusa. Mm-hmm. And you can I mean you can't in Forgotten Realms too, but nobody thinks about that. It's oh we gotta go kill, we gotta go over our eyes, all that kind of stuff. But in in Eberron, you might have to go in, you know, get there to, might be a Medusa as the headmistress of a library. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where that you have to go and talk to her, and and she has her snakes all done in a nice tight bun, whatever. But you know, it, so Eberron is so cool in that aspect because, regardless of how well the players know everything about all the monsters, yeah, none of it matters mm-hmm. because a- you just don't know what you're gonna get. And I think that's a great statement just in general that changing a setting can be all that you really need to do to really shake things up with your players that are heavy in meta, right? At going from Forgotten Realms to Eberron really changes the playing field. But so does going to Middle-Earth. Right now, in Middle-Earth, most things in Middle-Earth your party knows about. Meta knowledge away, it's yeah. going to be fine, right? For the most part. And if and if if they don't know about it, like if if the players don't know about it, their characters certainly don't know about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's, there's, there's settings out there that can really take even the most experienced players that know a lot about everything and can, uh, uh, twist it around and, and, and give it in a new light or in a different light or let you empower your players to use their meta knowledge or, or remove all of that knowledge from them. Like, well, we think we've kind of touched on this a little bit too, but like, knowing that you're playing a game is meta knowledge, knowing that you are going to face something that is bad is meta knowledge. If you play alien RPG, G whiz, we're probably going to fight a xenomorph at some point or another. That's meta knowledge. It may be some kind of weird looking one, or it may look exactly like the ones in the movie or something like that. But I mean, you're it's going to happen sooner or later. And you are yeah. going to know that if I cut them, they're going to bleed acid, right? Yeah. It's a pretty good chance of that happening. Or, you know what a face, you know what a face hugger is because you've already yeah. seen all this stuff before. So, I mean, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just can't You've be seen helped. it. You just lean into the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. But yeah, I mean, cause there's so much to the game that, that is absolutely like levels are meta knowledge, hit mm-hmm. points, meta knowledge, armor class, meta knowledge. And we kind of, we try our best as GMs, I think traditionally now to obfuscate things like that. Like you look at hit points, meta knowledge of, Hey, how many hit points does your character have left? No, 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 no. Don't talk about that. He's just bloodied. You know, like how many times do we do that at the tables where we try to obfuscate, how close to death a person actually is. Like, yeah. Does it really okay. Matter? But that, hang on. Bear droid is, is posing yep. a very yep. appropriate question here. And this is what I love because now we're into the, the, the murky water that, 
that Zach feels very strongly about, which is that we are still playing a game. Mm-hmm. And as much as their role play is a part of it, so is tactics, so is strategy. And so is the fact that you're sitting around a table and five of these people are supposed to be working together. And five of these people have character sheets and the rules don't say hide your character sheets from the other players. Right. Right. So like I'm, I'm completely cool if somebody doesn't want to tell me what their hit points are. Right. On the flip side of it, this is a strategy game. Mm-hmm. And if you want to employ strategy to say, look, why don't it doesn't matter if you have four hit points or one hit point, it's all the same to me. That goblin isn't going to deal four, probably isn't going to deal four hit points worth of damage to you. So, why don't you take another hit before I heal you? Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay, that's part of the fun for a lot of people is that strategy component. Um, I and I, I relish in it, I love doing well, it when I'm a player, and I love having players doing it when I'm at the tape when I'm running the game. And, and to me, that right there is what I was talking about at the very beginning. That is it cheating? Is it meta? It's not cheating, but it is meta. But it's also representative of the fact that your characters as a unit know better how to do a combat than what any player ever will. And that is how it's represented. Your tactics, uh, being able to look up above and moving and knowing to stay out of the cone over here or, you know, whatever You're, it might be. It's yeah. representational of the expertise of the actual characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so do I, do I like it? I mean, it's not, it's not a like or a love or a hate kind of thing. It's meta knowledge. Yes. But it's actually useful because otherwise, you know, it would be us dressed in these armors doing something and we're gonna get our butts kicked in the first room i point towards um i point towards uh our friend janine got to run us through some original D &D Mm -hmm. content Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and everything in that game does a d6 damage right like it doesn't matter which is part of the fun and the 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 novelty of it right is that it doesn't matter just roll the dice right and just go with it but there's not a lot of strategy to be had when you walk into a room and there's three goblins and there's three of you and you're just going to roll dice. Maybe one of you blocks the doorway or something like that, right? But like that's basically going to be what it is. Like <clears throat> as much as I like that and it was a fun campaign to run through, um, there's a reason that we have continually evolved in additions to where we are now. And that reason is tactics are fun. Variety, mm-hmm. utility, you know, um, choice um, is is a big deal. Um, well, it takes it makes combat less of a gamble. Yeah. What, Variation. You, the way that you do, well, the Variation. way you describe combat in an OD and D as it's just a roll off. Who can get the no, most number of D sixes that roll well for them between especially everybody the that's involved? Yeah. yeah, especially in the very beginning. But yeah. over time, what we've done is we've taken the the gamble out of it, and we've allowed players to have more of a tactical. Um, uh, they've allowed tactics to uh, to tilt in their favor or against their favor based on on how they strategize in combat. Yeah, yeah. I love it. All right, checking in again. We're at the hour mark. How do we feel, fellas? Uh, do we feel like we've covered metagaming pretty well? I think, I think so. so. I mean, yep. yeah. It, 
Is it cheating? It can be. It can be, yeah. But is it also a necessary part of the game? In some cases, yes. Is it worth having a lot of anxiety over as a player? Probably not. Like if it slows things down or if it makes things boring because you're trying to, to trying to skirt around accidentally metagaming, like you're yeah. the, the the big dumb berserker dwarf that has an eight intelligence, but you know things about Arcana because your Arcana, your player knowledge about something arc like magical beats what the wizard rolled so that they should know. Like sometimes you just you just roll with it. Just go with it. Just bite your tongue and have yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, next week, Sunday, is a holiday weekend. So I am not guaranteeing that we are going to stream on Sunday. Mm. Um, that said, we will certainly be back, I believe, on the following Tuesday. Um, uh, there will not be another On Earth Arcana out by then, I don't believe. So no, we but, will be back. But the survey should be out by then. And make sure you answer those questions. Yes, there you indeed. Go. Yes. Give your feedback. That's right. Uh, so probably next Tuesday, we will have another regular episode, unless we get a guest that wants to come on between now and then. And you know what? I was thinking, we had two wonderful guests on our show uh, on Sunday, Troy. We had Greg and we had Zach. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that there are several people um, in our crew that haven't came on very often uh, or haven't came on really at all. That would be great people to bring on the show just for a regular episode and add another voice to a, a chat. So yeah. um, I'm going to challenge the three of us to go yoink some of our um, game master buddies and creator buddies that um, that we know that aren't necessarily here to hawk something or to hype their Kickstarter or whatever, but just let's just bring them in and let's chat with them for an episode. Works for me. I like it. Let's do it. I I also like the idea of putting the onus on whoever's coming to decide the topic. Oh my. Without our prior knowledge. I'd love that. (laughs) Cause that's, I don't have to come up with another topic. That's right. right. Listen, we've done this now for what? Two. Yeah years so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i can't keep an exact count but a lot so Mm -hmm. listen uh you know colville says that the running the game videos really should have ended a while ago but like people kept demanding and so he's like kind of spitting them out every once in a while Mm -hmm. but like he's like all the knowledge that you need is already there i'm like all the topics that i have are already out there like (laughs) (laughs) um we keep finding them and that's great but i i do feel like uh we need some it'd be cool to have some fresh blood and maybe some of our listeners have some ideas on things that we yeah. haven't talked about, or we haven't talked about in a long time that you would like us to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Um, a lot of options there. Um, anything else I'm missing? <laughs> Girk says, well, you've been on Twitch for 18 months. So yes, you, we have. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. And, and Twitch, we didn't start on Twitch. Um, no, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. It's been at least 18 months. It would be interesting Jeez. to uh, to even troll the old episodes and s- see what some of those topics were to revisit, see if our uh, thoughts and opinions we've, have we've 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 done a few of those because yeah. we there are some DM prep ones that we did at mm-hmm. the beginning that we decided to redo because we were in COVID, and then I think we've actually done them 
Well, so, so the first one was done in COVID or right at the beginning. And I think at this point we've been, we've done some like on the tail end here to kind of recover some of that. So yeah. Yeah. So chat, get it. And then probably not this Sunday, but the next Sunday ish somewhere in that range. Uh, we have our uh, sci-fi movie marathon, weird sci-fi movie marathon discussion to be had. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. So uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> I've been watching. So I need to revisit the list. That's right. That's right. So uh, keep your eye out for that in September. It's coming. You have a couple more weeks. <sighs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, John, for hanging out with me again. Thanks to Bear Droid. Thanks to Girk. Thanks to uh, our friend Andrew and Ulysses and everyone else who's been hanging out in chat. Um, who am I missing out there? Commander Root is out there. Um, Sophia Fox, Alien Gathering, Alexis the Nexus, uh, and uh, several other folks. Is that a professional wrestling name? And I, I love I love Anna Banana. Anna Banana. Yeah, that's a good one. If that's a wrestling it. name, I don't want to. I don't want to get in the ring. That's right. And hey, if you missed our live play of Seven Aboard the Shackle that we did, Troy and myself and Zach and Greg did on Sunday, it is on YouTube. You can go watch it. All four and a half hours of it uh, uh, are there, unedited, uncut. It's the director's cut. It's the um, extended edition. I don't know. Um, Guaranteed to help you fall asleep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect perfect yeah uh so i guess until next week we'll see you next time thanks for hanging out play great games everybody and don't cheat mm. but if you do don't stay safe everybody <laughs> cheat with style <laughs>